welcome to the Comparing Notes podcast, where three generations of pastors discuss life and ministry. I'm Ryan Haskins, and I'm joined as always by my other co-hosts, Glenn and Andy. We start every podcast by discussing a question, a generational question. And the question for the day, gentlemen, is I would love to hear a reenactment of your voicemail. And I know it's going to be weird, and I'll tie it in with our subject. But if you can think about, if you had to do your voicemail right now, what would you say? I'll go first if you want. <laughs> your silence, we'll leave the silence in there. Just, it's going it's gonna, to, it, it will connect. I'll say, hey, this is Ryan. Thanks for giving me a call. Leave a message. I'll call you back. That's what I would say. So I would say mine says, uh, this is Andy Wolf. I'm Pastor Hope Church. Uh, please leave a message and I'll give you a call back. Uh, when I have an opportunity. So I ha- I'm in the quandary here. <clears throat> uh, this is a, a a fight that I'm that I I'll, that I continue to have with my with my wife. <laughs> you might lean in. Okay, I'm, I'm interested. And maybe I should not say anything more. But basically, I have an answering service that I subscribe to, and, and basically, it's hi. Glenn is unavailable at this time, but he'd love to connect with you. So just please leave your information. But it's a female voice. Because the guy voice, I just don't like. Um, it just, it just, it's too harsh and so forth and so on. Well, my wife certainly doesn't like the female voice coming on and, and answering uh, either. Uh, but if your name is in my contact list, contact book, which I do a good job of trying to keep that update, they'll come up. Uh, hi, Ryan. Uh, Glenn's currently not available, but he'd love to connect. So please leave. That's always that. weird to me. That's always, I've got a couple of friends who, who have that. Yeah. And I was like, hi, Ryan. Ron's not available at the moment. I'm like, who the, how do you know? Like, what the? I, I hope her voice doesn't come up. We'll just have to call me, call me sometime and, and I'll let it go through and you can catch it. But anyway, that's what I do. That's what. Well, here's why I asked that question. And I thought one of, and Glenn kind of fell into the trap that I was trying to set. Andy got out of it. That is, <laughs> no, in, back in the day, and I say that as the young guy, obviously, uh, we used to say, leave your name and number, and I'll give you a call back. But now on our voicemails, no we don't, there's no reason to leave our name and number because it's on everything. And, and if we know anything, it's the number. Now, Glenn did say, leave your information. So I'm going to say, you know, old, old dogs, it's hard to learn new tricks. But well, that's so true. But I think what it does say is just uh, leave a message and he'll get back to you or something like that. Yeah. yeah. So here's why I asked that question this morning. Because the topic that we want to discuss is how to best communicate with our congregants and our congregation in 2023. Now, if we can agree upon one thing, the way that the church looks has, while the message is the same, and as we've talked about, the vision is the same, but the way that it operates is very different. Even if you go back to 100 years from now, the way that we interact with the congregation, the way that, that, that they expect us to interact with them is very different. And one of the th- issues that that creates is for us as shepherds to know how to interact and how to communicate and how to shepherd and and how to have a relationship with the congregation. So I guess I'll, the, the first question I'll, I'll start out with is, in your time as in pastoral ministry, how how has the expectation of communication changed? What, what did it start with and how would you describe it now? <laughs> Well, I was good as the older guy I was going to stay smoke signals, but I'm not quite that old. <laughs> but but yeah, it was the it was the letter. It was the it was the post. It was the 
the, the write a letter in, in longhand and uh, put a stamp on it, walk to the mailbox and so forth and so on. That's just the way it was. And then a phone call. So those are the two primary ways of, of doing it for me. Of course, then you got to the computer and allowed some, some emails and then personal cell phones uh, came about. Made it, well, you guys, you guys were born into what we're about to hear from that point on. But no, mm. it was it was back to where everything was uh, was mass mass mail mail outs um, and phone calls and phone trees. You know, I call this person, and they call their two people, and so forth and so on. Yeah, I would say uh, when I was in pastoral ministry, first starting. Uh, it was a little bit more advanced than that. We, we had electronic communication, um, but I would say a, a nicer looking email started to come into into play. Where it wasn't just like a text letter. You actually had more of an HTML style email with, um, and we transitioned from a bulletin to a just an email, weekly email that we would send out, um, and then eventually it's become text. Um, uh, some people you can, especially I found younger generations, you can email them and they're never actually going to read that, or they check their email maybe once a week. Um, or they're just using that for business or communications with, with, you know, Amazon or whatever, I guess. Uh, and, uh, and then beyond that, it's, it's multiplied. Yeah, as the as the youngest, I when I came into to being a senior pastor, one of the first things that I started to build was our YouTube channel because I have teaching for our church that is exclusively online, and we put it on our church website. We put it on on our on our newsletter. We put it on our communication device via Realm, which is our internal church communication. Um, but there, the teaching is something that I do, that I film, that I edit, and that I upload on YouTube. And it's something that we're I've, I've actively tried to um, not monetize it, but but tag it in such a way that it is growing online. And so that's as as a in, intended piece of teaching, training, discipleship for our church that's on this public platform called called YouTube. How, how then, gentlemen, when you begin to interact with people, and you if a new if a new individual comes in your doors. How do you determine the best way to communicate with them? How do you go through the steps in your own shepherding heart to figure out, okay, if I want to impact this person uh, with the gospel and if I want to connect with them, what, what's the first step that, that you guys normally do in order to start that path towards shepherding? I, I mean, for me, it's more, it's trial and error um, hmm. because it, you usually like, if somebody's newer to the church, we'll usually try to find them if they're on Facebook and connect them into some of the online community kind of things we have on Facebook. Um, I might text them. Call is usually further down, especially if they're younger, um, because I think they tend to get more annoyed and um, text is a little bit more of a cool, uh, you know, uh, not not as direct kind of communication. Give them the opportunity to to respond when they're able. Mm -hmm. Um, but it, but it's a little bit of a trial and error game. I've had things where I've texted people, even in this last week, texted people and they never got back to me. Finally hit them up on Facebook. It took them a couple of days to get back to me. And then I found out I had the wrong phone number. So, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it just, it becomes a little bit of a trial and error game. 
Yeah, it really is. Uh, going from uh, from airdropping contact information from phone to phone and, and having it that way to, uh, I don't know if I even write out my phone number or email address that much anymore. It's, they just kind of pull up a phone or and uh, and type in uh, their number, and then we start sharing information from that point on. But it's usually, but it's you know getting contact information somehow, texting, then emailing, phone call would be would be third. I mean, WhatsApping uh, or some sort of uh, platform like that is often used. Uh, direct messaging, um, not so much with Twitter, but uh, but maybe a Facebook or some other application like that. But yeah, you really just have to pretty much ask them, how do you, how do you communicate? What What's the best way to, to stay in touch? Uh, and see how they respond and go from there. Are there any avenues of communication that you guys uh, would maybe either have or would not engage in. I'm, I'm thinking of, you know, now if you want to interact with a teenager, Snapchat, I guess, is is more uh, widely used for just direct communication between person to person than a text is. And I'm, my thought is like, it's a phone, use the built-in messaging system instead of the downloaded app. But it, it, there could be other things like that. There could be um, you know, either using WhatsApp, using Telegram, using Facebook Messenger, using I have no idea. There's a hundred there's a hundred other you Are a there any one. that you've said you're not gonna you're not gonna use? Well, I'll give you a funny one, and it's not because of the technology, but it's more because of my own, you know, I guess older grumpy inclination. My my wife and our women's group has extensively used Marco Polo. And I, I don't <laughs> know if you've ever seen it, but it's basically like a video app where it's kind of like a video walkie-talkie is what I think of it as. You know, you you talk and you video yourself. And and I think because it's been mainly my wife and women's groups, like I've just refused to use it because I, I feel like it's just oddly too feminine. And uh, there's another local pastor or another EFCA pastor here in, in our state that I guess uses it fairly extensively. And I give him a hard time every time he, he Marco Polos me because I... I I ask him if he's now a woman because he, you know, of the way he's, he's trying to message me. I'm going to Marco Polo you right after this podcast. <laughs> I have some, I have a similar story. I had some pastor friends. They're, they're actually EFCA pastors as well. And he was like, Hey man, we should get a Marco Polo. My kids use Marco Polo to like Marco to video chat their cousins. And so I'm like the kid app, what are you talking about? Like, what, like, what is this? And he's gotten me on it. And I think I've got like, 12 messages i haven't read from a, the gr a group text because i do get to a point i was like just text it's easier but there are five minute long videos of life updates so i guess yeah. it's a little hard to text i didn't realize marco polo was still out there i i, I jumped on this was like a few years ago at least if not more than that and at first i thought this is awesome and then it kind of no this is not fun at all it's just not it just isn't working. And so I just ignore it and everybody else ignored me and I didn't even realize it was still there. So I, I this, this is in the same vein as communication, but as shepherds, obviously one of the things that we are doing is um, discipling and training um, other people and, and in particular younger generations. I think of, you know, first Timothy uh, two, two of older men, disciple. that's not two, two. I don't know what it is, but it's older men, disciple, younger men, older women, disciple, younger women. So there's, there, there is this idea in the church of the training up of this younger generation. As you guys have seen the generations progress, 
have you found any particular shortcomings that I would say my generation or Gen Z or Gen Alpha or whatever they're calling the youngest generation now, um, where they have deficiencies in communication, where as a church, we, we might need to step in and teach them how to have maybe better or different communication? Hmm. I, I feel like at times, you know, the the mode of communication seems to get shorter and shorter. You know, you see it on Twitter where there's just a 140 characters that are limited. Um, you see it on TikTok where you have a certain time span, uh, you know, and I, I, that doesn't tend to lend towards deeper thinking or longer, larger, larger arguments um, or, you know, deeply contemplating something. And mm-hmm. I do think that there's a, a difficulty or a deficit. Everything doesn't have a TikTok answer, you know? Mm. And I think I'll be interested to see as this generation goes on, if that, w- what that produces. And, and I wonder sometimes if that actually is producing more of a gulf because some people see it this way and some people see it another way. And there's not really a, an interaction or a, a discussion or dialogue over something, it just is a reaction to this or a reaction to that. Um, that's often brief and, you know, uh, put into a, a certain package. Yeah. Um, are you guys into emojis? No, I'm a man. <laughs> well, I'm not. Yes. Um, <laughs> I, I, I use them because it, because usually the answers don't need to have sentences or whatever. I'm driving or I'm in the middle of something. I want to, I want to get back to them right away, but I don't want to have to think through what's the exact word and, and so forth and so on. But that, that point you made about having those longer conversations, what I've had to learn is, is when, whether it comes through text or whether it comes through email or whatever, I've had to discipline myself to, to make sure I, because I want to set aside time to think it through and give that proper response, which, you know, when you have access to so many people and they have access to you, there's a lot of ins and outs all day long. And so you don't get those times to really think about it. So, so by the time I would set one aside and want to get, give it thought and get back to it, it's way down the list. Mm. And, and, I, and I've forgotten where it's at or even who did it. So I have to really be disciplined to, uh, to be flagging or making note of those ones that I get back to, um, or they do get lost. But then it's a challenge to find that time, that reflective time to really give a good response because we have so much access or people have such access to us and we get so caught up in the, in those easier answers. Yeah. I also agree that the long form communication in general has been, is lacking in this generation. And that's not to say that they're not having lengthy conversations with anyone, but I think it's limited to a smaller bucket of, of individuals. Um, I would also say just in the church, one of the observations I've um, seen is the older generation expects pastors, because that's obviously the, the focus of this podcast, expects pastors to come to come over to their house to engage in long conversations, to see how their life is doing, to ask them deep questions, to pray for them, to um, be involved intimately in their life because that's what a shepherd does. And I've observed that the younger generations, and I would say, you know, mid thirties and below, if I said, Hey, I want to come over for dinner on Friday night, they would 
they would be like, excuse me, why are you invading my privacy? Um, or if I just showed up at their house, they would be probably offended at that thought. And even if I, if I uh, called them, um, it would, it would freak them out. I, I know this is a, I, I, in the last year, I had a little fender bender where I was turning around in a parking lot and I drive a truck with some big tires and I like scuffed up this guy's bumper. So I left my insurance um, and my um, contact information and he wasn't there. So I just said, give me a call. And so I, at the end, I called, he called me and um, no, he texts me and he was having this lengthy conversation, this text conversation. I finally just picked up the phone and called him Well, he didn't answer. And it was because it was this 18 year old kid that would text me these lengthy dialogue things, but didn't have the capacity, I would say, to uh, pick up the phone and let's have a conversation about this instead of a back and forth text message for 45 minutes where we could have a conversation over it. So I think as technology has gone more to this direct, short communication style, people are lacking the ability to have um, interpersonal, even difficult conversations with a fellow human. And I don't know if this was his case or not, but I think in some cases, especially with younger, it, it actually causes some anxiety. Um, we've we've dealt with that with with uh, some younger folks to actually have a conversation with somebody on the phone is an anxiety producing moment, which is mm -hmm. really hard for me to even comprehend. Like I, I've never had an anxious moment when I'm going to make a phone call uh, or I mean, I'm talking about a normal phone call, not a. You know, I've got to say something bad or or a difficult phone call, but any phone call um, in some some in the younger generation, that's an anxious moment. So, so just shifting this conversation more towards or the, the corporate church setting. So off of the individual and more towards corporate as you're looking towards 2023, how are you men as you're as you're as you're leading your ministries, as you're thinking about your people? How are you planning on communicating to your congregant members and to those who are looking at, at your church, maybe differently than what you have in years past? Or what communication are you leaning into of these are going to be the direct forms of, of communication and are trusting that it's going to hit the broadest group of people? I'm getting on TikTok and starting to do dances. <laughs> and, and those would be the one I'd watch. <laughs> Absolutely. I'll send you some recommendations. All right. <laughs> I, I mean, I mean are, have, have you changed it? Let's say I, and, and here's, here's the, here's the background of this question just to um, foster some, some greater communication in 2020 COVID propelled us probably by half a decade forward in the way that we communicate with our people. It wasn't that where, what happened during COVID was a novel thing of going online, having virtual having virtual communications and, 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 and interacting, having even study groups on Zoom or YouTube or those things. But I think for a lot of people, it caught us flat-footed because we, we weren't communicating via, via live streams. We, we didn't have our sermons online. We didn't have a place to, um, to uh, present our sermons and our, and our material. I think we all had websites, but there was, I, I've seen some of the websites are, this is where a church meets and this is the times and, and come join us. And those individuals were, those churches were maybe forced just with the times to go further. So as we're looking at 2023 now, as those things are more established, where Zoom is a common household name, where live stream is a normal, is almost an expected thing. How, how are you 
planning on, what are you planning on sticking with that maybe you had to adopt during COVID? And how are you looking towards the future to better present yourself as a church for those looking for a body to serve in? And how are you shepherding your congregation through, through your communication style? Yeah. I mean, I think I'm actively thinking about this. I've got a new kind of initiative trying to pull in some younger men, 18 to 30. And so trying to figure out how best to connect with them. I've started with just collecting phone numbers um, to, to text them. But I, I want, ultimately, I want to get together with them personally. And mm-hmm. so um, I, I'm trying at this point kind of a, a multi-level approach of putting some things out in our email. Um, I'm going to probably text each of them individually. Um, not in a mass text and maybe even try to address them personally in that text uh, to encourage them to come to the meeting. And then that may be a question that I address to them when we all get together. Like, how can I best communicate to you um, for ultimately our interactions and our um, and our connection together to, to try to encourage and learn from them? Yeah, that's where I was going, uh, Andy. I think diversity and agility. Uh, diversity in the sense that you say that multi-level and kind of have a spectrum of, of platforms that can, you have to know your congregation. So, uh, but in knowing uh, a congregation, you're going to have those that are email, those are texting, few might be the phone call, but have that diversity of, of uh, uh, being aware of the diversity necessary to communicate with all your people. Uh, but then agility in the sense of that, that might, that diversification may be moving uh, up or down, uh, eliminating some and incorporating other platforms uh, as you go. But I think basically just ask, uh, know, know your congregations, start with your leaders, uh, asking them, start with those you meet with regularly. Uh, this is where I miss having my kids in the house and I wish my grandkids were closer so that I could kind of monitor what is coming up a little bit better and, and, and have that. But I think just, uh, yeah, we're going to need that continued diversity and agility. I think to just be able to meet those communication needs. Yeah, I'm I'm right where you guys are at as far as communicating. Of, um, we, in our staff meeting yesterday, we were discussing putting out a church update about some things that were happening and with our building and the conversation was we're going to put it on email, we're going to put it on our website, we're going to put it on a text thread that we're going to send to people, we're going to put it on on Realm, which is our internal church communication device. I mean, it's basically, we'll send it out by carrier pigeon if we have to, um, but it's a video. And so, you know, it first goes on YouTube. And I, I found that the need for us as a staff to be agile, to take one piece of information and then to disseminate it across multiple platforms is necessary because it's, um, there, are cer- there are certain people that they get our church news off of Facebook. Because they're on Facebook so much that that is their primary communication device. I'm not on Facebook that much. I would find that ridiculous to go to Facebook to if I had to go search for some event. But they're on Facebook. So we we curate our content so that it's on um, every platform. Any other thoughts from this conversation of, of a communicating in 2023 or best ways to communicate with a congregation? I just think it's going to continue to be a struggle. I, I don't, you know, I don't see communication getting easier. I think I see the noise getting louder and the avenues multiplying. And so I think it, it 
is going to continue for us to be a struggle of how best to do that. And especially if we want to, you know, if we were just trying to reach a certain generation, that would be one thing. But I think we've talked about before that the church is a multi-generational or should be multi-generational. And so that, that I think is one of the struggles. Um, we don't, for instance, we don't publish a bulletin, but for years now we've actually printed our bulletin and stuck it in the back or printed our email, stuck it in the back just so there's another method. If somebody can't or doesn't, or somebody's new, um, you know, and so I think we've, we've got to find those ways to, to multiply communication, um, and any tools that we can use to do that. Yeah. And you asked the question earlier about, is there something that we can share from one generation to another? And I think it's more incumbent than ever to say, you know, person face to face is still the best. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a lot of communication that goes on that's nonverbal, and mm-hmm. uh, and that's important, and uh, and that's just relationship. And so we have to be more creative, and uh, in, in being able to find those those pathways. It might be with fewer people, but hopefully those fewer people deeper, and then multiply those people and encourage them to be engaged with their few people or whatever. But uh, yeah, whatever we can do to face to face, person to person. You can't forget that it's the others are supplements, but this is the primary. I've always used yeah. the adage that, you know, the more important and the more intimate the conversation, yes, the more personal it has to become. And so, it's very good. you know, uh, an email and a text is not a place to share a confrontation or a difficulty that requires at the minimum a phone call, but probably a, a, a face-to-face. And I, I think that's something that we can continue to encourage ourselves and our people with. Well, and I, I can, I wonder if back in what the 1400s, when the printing press was created, if there were people who were concerned that, Oh dear, this new invention that now we can print words and mass distribute it. If it was going to shut the church down, because instead of attending church, you could just write up the sermon and, and preach church. And then I wonder if when um, the voice recording uh, and, and the gramophone was created. And for the first time you could hear somebody's voice. If they could say, Oh, oh my goodness, is somebody going to stop coming in to hear the sermon? Are they just going to listen to the sermon? And then in the same way we could say, if somebody was questioning when virtual church was a thing and HD cameras and multiple screens and all the other stuff was, if that was going to shut church down and that won't either. And so as much as the communication changes across the board, the, as, as you both were saying, just that, that, um, one-on-one face-to-face fellowship and uh, communication is not going away because we're human beings and that's how God created us to interact with each other. So, well, thank you so much for listening, uh, to this week's podcast. Hope that it was encouraging to you all, and we will catch you next week on the Comparing Notes podcast. Thank you for listening to the Comparing Notes podcast. If you'd like to contact us, you can do so by emailing us at comparingnotes at gmail.com. 